return of the midweeks. All right, my friends, it's Wednesday, which means it's Wisdom Wednesday, which means it's time to get back into the book of Proverbs. Um, You know, Proverbs is the one book I'm doing that I'm unsure about the progression of. I'm working through Samuel. I'm going to, by God's grace, go through 1 Samuel and maybe even 2 Samuel after that. I'm working through the book of Psalms. But Proverbs, I'm jumping around a bit. And so what I've thought to do next, I just finished Proverbs 31. And so I thought, why don't we do Proverbs 30? It's its own unit. The whole chapter is its own unit. And we can just work through that. And who knows, maybe we'll go through Proverbs backwards. But chapter 30 is the words of Agur. Now, I've been saying that Proverbs works as a book by having headings with people's names on it. The last one we did, Proverbs 31, the section is um, the words of King Lemuel that comes from his mother's oracle. And so this one is actually from Agur. And I'm told that Agur is likely not an Israelite, but a proselyte, somebody who's come to the Hebrew faith, the faith of the God of Israel from outside of Israel. That's what Bruce Walkie says. I'm not sure. I'm not even good enough to critique him. Um, But this is a unit that is created by and collected under the title of a man named Agur. And so why don't we read the first section? We'll read the first five verses. And no, sorry, the first six verses. And this section here is pretty much the the sages claim to being inspired by God. Um, God inspires scripture and he inspires it by different methods. If you go to the book of Hebrews, it starts by saying in many ways and in various times, God has spoken. And one of the ways that God has spoken is through sages. He speaks through prophets. He speaks through poetry prophets. He speaks through historical writing prophets. And he also speaks through sages. And so we're going to start off with a claim to inspiration here um, by Agur. And it's really interesting just to see how he goes about saying that these words are from God. So let's read it. Proverbs 30, verse 1. The words of Agur, the son of Jekka, the oracle The man declares, I am weary, O God. I am weary, O God, and worn out. Surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name? Surely you know. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. All right, so first things to note, you've got the title, the words of Agra, the son of Jekka. So we've got the, the sage whose um, reputation this collection is being put underneath. But then you have this word, the oracle. Now, if you remember from last time, um, King Lemuel's mother taught him an oracle. So here's this claim to actually have God-inspired speech that both of these chapters have. And what Agor is going to do is he's going to talk about his own lack of understanding, saying, you know, I'm not able to produce wisdom on my own. And then he's going to appeal to the faith of the God of Israel. And then he's going to quote in verses 5 and 6 a psalm by King David where King David in one of his psalms also um, claims inspiration for his 
for scripture. And I'll explain that more in a second. So the words of Agra, the son of Jacka, the oracle, the man declares, I'm weary, O God, I'm weary, O God, and worn out. Now, just to be perfectly clear, there are other people will translate this, um, the words of Agur, the man, to Ithiel, to Ithiel, and Ukul, like he's addressing certain people, and I guess that's possible, but if you're a little bit of tweaking with the vocalization turns it into this confession of human limitation. So he says, I'm weary and I'm worn out. And then you ask the question, okay, so why is he weary? He's addressing God, but why is he weary? Verse two, surely I'm too stupid to be a man and I have not the understanding of a man. Verse three, I've not learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the Holy One. So he's in a sense confessing that on his own, he cannot come to true wisdom. He can't come to true godly wisdom. On his own, he is not able to actually be a man. He's too foolish. He's He's got too limited. He, he doesn't know God the way he ought to on his own, and this leads to wearisomeness. It leads to being worn out. And I think there's a psalm. Is it Psalm 73 where he says, you know, when I looked at all the wickedness in the world and how it seems like people get away with this, when I tried to understand it, it was a wearisome task until I went to the temple and then I understood their end. And so even in the psalmist, in Psalm 73 and Agur, you have the same sense of human limitation. I can't figure this all out on my own. And so there's this confession, this humility, this need for inspiration. And the inspiration comes in verses 4 and following. He asks these rhetorical questions. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who's gathered the wind in his fist? Who's wrapped up the waters in his garment? Who's established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. And so the answer to all these questions is the Lord. This God that he's talking to, the Lord has done these things. He's ascended to heaven and come down. So he understands earth, he understands heaven, and he understands everything in the way, in, in, the, in, in, in between. Who has gathered the wind in his fist? So the wind is kind of this picture of this uncontrollable thing. Um, and Jesus even takes the picture of the wind as being like a good sign of the Spirit's own self-autonomy in the world. You hear the sound of the wind, but you don't know where it comes from. Same with the Spirit. You can't control the Holy Spirit. You can't control the wind. But who has gathered the wind in his fist? Well, it's the Lord. It's Yahweh, the God of Israel, who has wrapped up the waters in his garments. So here's this picture of this impossible task. Wrap up all the oceans. Collect all the lakes and the oceans together. Who can do this? Well, no man, but the Lord can. And you go to creation, you know, he sets the limits of the ocean. So God is the Lord. He can do this. And who's established all the ends of the earth? Man? Well, no, but God can do it. He's the one who's established everything. So you have this question, what is his name and what is his son's name? And we're meant to actually supply the answer to this. His name is Yahweh, the Lord, and his son's name is Israel. And so when he says, surely you know, it's not mocking, it's not sarcastic, it's real. He says, think about it. Who's the, if I'm just a man, I'm worn out trying to understand these things. I haven't succeeded. But who can I turn to? Who is all-powerful? Who is all-knowing? Well, the Lord is. And has the Lord revealed himself to anybody? Yes, he has a son. His son's name is Israel. He's revealed himself to Israel. And the the thing I would go to to, um, to support this is the next words. Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. So Agur here is quoting David, and I believe it is Psalm 
25 that this is quoting, and you'll, you can look it up yourself. But this is a claim to inspiration. Every word of God proves true. So this, that's a claim to inspiration. The words of God are backed up by God, defended by God, protected by God, and they prove true because God stands behind it. So God's words are inspired by God, and they have authority and power, and God stands behind it. Then he says he's a shield to those who take refuge in him. So here's a claim to inspiration again. Everybody who trusts in God's word has God himself as their protector. It's a way of showing faith in God that you trust in his word. If you take refuge in him by believing in his words, he is a shield to you. And so because there's this word that God has given us that proves true, because there's this word that God stands behind, verse 6 says, don't add to his words. So human beings are not allowed to add to his words, to add their own interpretation or try to take control of it, because this is holy scripture. This is God's true word. This is something inspired by God. It's unique in the world, and so we're meant to not add to it. And then finishing off this verse, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Why would God rebuke you? Well, you're saying that God said something that he didn't say. Or you're, uh, by doing that, by adding to his words, you're saying God said something he didn't say. That's breaking the commandment. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. That's what that commandment is there for. Don't say God said something when he never said it. Because he'll rebuke you and you'll be found out to be a liar. So this is the beginning of Agur's wisdom. He starts off with this confession. I can't figure this out all on my own. And then he starts, then he has this rhetorical questions. Where can I go for real truth? Who's the one who's all powerful and all knowing? His name is Yahweh, and he's revealed himself to his son, Israel. And I wonder here, I'm just thinking about this, maybe the son is even David, because the next thing he does is he goes to, quote, quote, King David, who is like the messianic king and the son of God that Jesus will descend from. And he quotes David. And David says, there is such a thing as inspired scripture. There are words from God that prove true that he stands behind and that man must not alter or else God will take it personally. And so he's building this case that there is such a thing as scripture and there is such a thing as wisdom based on scripture. And as I understand it, what he's doing there is he's next going to, he's going to bridge off of this and saying, my wisdom is based on God's revelation. And my wisdom is an oracle that fits within the canon of God's revelation. He's not adding to it as a true man. He's being used because of his humility by God to um, increase the scriptural content of God's word in the world. And so what we'll do next is we'll look at his wisdom specifically. But Agur starts off with this claim to have an oracle based on his own humility and depending on God to inspire him and depending on God's scripture that's come before in the world through Israel and through David. Very interesting stuff. I hope you're doing well. God bless.